They have none of the attributes of God, yet millions of people cry, save us! This is the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the Daily Podcast, where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. After my comments on the reading, we'll have our On This Day in Church History segment, another comment on a past episode, and some other surprises. And our reading today is Isaiah 40 through 44. I'm calling the episode, No Blockheads. <laughs> Let's get started. Isaiah chapter 40 Our God has said, Encourage my people, give them comfort. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and announce, Your slavery is past, your punishment is over. I, the Lord, made you pay double for your sins. Someone is shouting, Clear a path in the desert. Make a straight road for the Lord our God. Fill in the valleys. Flatten every hill and mountain. Level the rough and rugged ground. Then the glory of the Lord will appear for all to see. The Lord has promised this. Someone told me to shout, and I asked, What should I shout? We humans are merely grass, and we last no longer than wildflowers. At the Lord's command, flowers and grass disappear, and so do we. Flowers and grass fade away, but what our God has said will never change. There is good news for the city of Zion. Shout it as loud as you can from the highest mountain. Don't be afraid to shout to the towns of Judah, Your God is here. Look, the powerful Lord God is coming to rule with His mighty arm. He brings with Him what He has taken in war, and He rewards His people. The Lord cares for His nation, just as shepherds care for their flocks. He carries the lambs in His arms while gently leading the mother sheep. Did any of you measure the ocean by yourself or stretch out the sky with your own hands? Did you put the soil of the earth in a bucket or weigh the hills and mountains on balance scales? Has anyone told the Lord what He must do or given Him advice? Did the Lord ask anyone to teach Him wisdom and justice? Who gave Him knowledge and understanding? To the Lord, all nations are merely a drop in a bucket or dust on balance scales. All of the islands are but a handful of sand. The cattle on the mountains of Lebanon would not be enough to offer as a sacrifice to God, and the trees would not be enough for the fire. God thinks of the nations as far less than nothing. Who compares with God? Is anything like Him? Is an idol at all like God? It is made of bronze with a thin layer of gold and decorated with silver. Or special wood may be chosen because it doesn't rot. Then skilled hands take care to make an idol that won't fall on its face. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Hasn't it been clear since the time of creation? God is the one who rules the whole earth, and we that live here are merely insects. He spread out the heavens like a curtain or an open tent. God brings down rulers and turns them into nothing. They are like flowers freshly sprung up and starting to grow. But when God blows on them, they wilt and they are carried off like straw in a storm. The holy God asks, Who compares with me? Is anyone my equal? Look at the evening sky. Who created the stars? Who gave them each a name? Who leads them like an army? The Lord is so powerful that none of the stars are ever missing. You people of Israel say, God pays no attention to us. He doesn't care if we are treated unjustly. But how can you say that? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is the eternal God, creator of the earth. 
He never gets weary or tired. His wisdom cannot be measured. The Lord gives strength to those who are weary. Even young people get tired, then stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will be strong like eagles, soaring upward on wings. They will walk and run without getting tired. Isaiah chapter 41 Faraway countries, be quiet and listen to me. Nations, be brave. Come to me and speak. We will meet together and decide who is right. Who woke up the man who is coming from the east? He called justice to march with him. He uses his sword to crush nations. He uses his bow and conquers kings. They run away like straw blown by the wind. He chases armies and is never hurt. He goes places he has never been before. Who was able to make all this happen? Who controlled the lives of everyone from the beginning? I, the Lord, am the one. I was here at the beginning, and I will be here when all things are finished. People along the coast saw this, and they were frightened. Nations at the ends of the earth shook with fear. They have come near. They have arrived. Workers help each other. They encourage each other to be strong. One worker cuts wood to make a statue. He encourages the man who works with gold. Another worker uses a hammer and makes the metal smooth. Then he encourages the man at the anvil. This last worker says, This work is good. The metal will not come off. Then he nails the statue to a base so that it will not fall over, and it never moves. The Lord says, You, Israel, are my servant. Jacob, I chose you. You are from the family of my friend Abraham. You were in a faraway country, but I reached out to you. I called you from that faraway place. I said, You are my servant. I chose you, and I have not rejected you. Don't worry, I am with you. Don't be afraid, I am your God. I will make you strong and help you. I will support you with my right hand that brings victory. Look, some people are angry with you, but they will be ashamed and disgraced. Your enemies will be lost and disappear. You will look for the people who were against you, but you will not be able to find them. Those who fought against you will disappear completely. I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand. And I tell you, don't be afraid, I will help you. People of Israel, descendants of Jacob, you may be weak and worthless, but do not be afraid. I myself will help you. This is what the Lord Himself says. I am the Holy One of Israel, the One who saves you. Look, I have made you like a new threshing board with many sharp teeth. You will trample mountains and crush them. You will make the hills like chaff. You will throw them into the air, and the wind will blow them away and scatter them. Then you will be happy in the Lord. You will be proud of the Holy One of Israel. The poor and needy look for water, but they cannot find any. Their tongues are dry with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer their prayers. I, the God of Israel, will not leave them to die. I will make rivers flow on dry hills. I will make springs of water flow through the valleys. I will change the desert into a lake filled with water. There will be springs of water in that dry land. I will make trees grow in the desert. There will be cedar, acacias, olive trees, cypress, fir trees, and pines. I will do this so that people will see it and know who did it. They will notice what happened. Then they will understand that the Lord's hand made it happen, that the Holy One of Israel created it all. The Lord, the King of Jacob, says, Come, present your arguments. Show me your proof. 
Let your idols come in and tell us what will happen. Idols, tell us what happened in the beginning. We will listen closely so that we can make a decision. Tell us what will happen in the future. What signs did you give in the past to prove that you really are gods? Do something, do anything, good or bad, so that we can see that you are alive. Then we might fear and respect you. Look, you false gods are worthless. You cannot do anything. Only some horrible fool would want to worship you. I called someone in the north to come. He is coming from the east where the sun rises, and he honors my name. He tramples kings the way a potter softens clay with his feet. Who told us about this before it happened, so that we could say he was right? None of your idols told us anything. They didn't say a word, and they cannot hear anything you say. I, the Lord, was the first one to tell Zion about these things. I sent a messenger to Jerusalem to say, Look, your people are coming back. I looked at those false gods. Not one of them said anything. They had no advice to offer. I asked them questions, but they didn't say a word. These gods are all less than nothing. They cannot do anything. They're worthless. Isaiah chapter 42 Here is my servant, the one I support. He is the one I have chosen, and I am very pleased with him. I have filled him with my spirit, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or try to make himself heard in the streets. He will not break even a crushed reed. He will not put out even the weakest flame. He will bring true justice. He will not grow weak or give up until he has brought justice into the world. And people in faraway places will hope to receive his teachings. The Lord, the true God, said these things. He created the sky and spread it out over the earth. He formed the earth and everything it produced. He breathes life into all the people on earth. He gives a spirit to everyone who walks on the earth. I, the Lord, was right to call you. I will hold your hand and protect you. You will be the sign of my agreement with the people. You will be a light for the other nations. You will make the blind able to see. You will free those who are held as captives. You will lead those who live in darkness out of their prison. I am Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another. I will not let statues take the praise that should be mine. In the past, I told you what would happen, and it happened. Now I am telling you something new, and I am telling you now before it happens. Sing a new song to the Lord. Praise Him everywhere on earth. All you who sail on the seas, everything in the sea, and all you people in faraway places, deserts and cities, villages of Kedar, praise the Lord. People living in Selah, sing for joy. Sing from the top of your mountain. Give glory to the Lord. Praise Him, all you people in faraway lands. The Lord will go out like a strong soldier. Like a man going into battle, he will be full of excitement. He will shout with a loud cry, and he will defeat his enemies. For a long time I have said nothing. I have controlled myself and kept quiet. But now I will cry out like a woman giving birth. My breathing is getting faster and louder. I will destroy the hills and mountains. I will dry up all the plants that grow there. I will change rivers to dry land and dry up pools of water. Then I will lead the blind along a path they never knew to places where they have never been before. I will change darkness into light for them. I will make the rough ground smooth. I will do these things for them, 
I will not abandon my people. But some of them have left me. They say to their gold statues, You are my gods. They trust their false gods, but they will be disappointed and ashamed. Deaf people, listen to me. Blind people, look and see. In all the world, no one is more blind than my servant. No one is more deaf than my messenger. No one is more blind than my chosen people, the servant of the Lord. My people see what they should do, but they do not obey me. They can hear with their ears, but they refuse to listen to me. The Lord wants them to do what is right. He wants them to honor His wonderful teachings. But look at His people. Others have defeated them, and they have stolen from them. The young men are afraid. They are locked in prisons. People have taken advantage of them, and there is no one to protect them. Others take their money, and there was no one to say, Give it back. Will any of you pay attention to this warning? Will you ever learn to listen? Who let Jacob be defeated? Who let others take what belonged to Israel? The Lord allowed them to do this. We sinned against Him, so He let people take away our wealth. The people did not want to live the way He wanted. They refused to listen to His teaching. So He poured out His anger on them and brought wars against them. It was as if there were fires all around them, but they didn't know what was happening. It was as if they were burning, but they didn't try to understand. Isaiah chapter 43 Jacob, the Lord created you. Israel, he made you. And now he says, Don't be afraid, I saved you. I named you. You are mine. When you have troubles, I am with you. When you cross rivers, you will not be hurt. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not hurt you. That's because I, the Lord, am your God. I, the Holy One of Israel, am your Savior. I gave Egypt to pay for you. I gave Ethiopia and Seba to make you mine. You are precious to me, and I have given you a special place of honor. I love you. That's why I'm willing to trade others, to give up whole nations, to save your life. So don't be afraid, because I am with you. I will gather your children and bring them to you. I will gather them from the east and from the west. I will tell the north, Give my people to me. I will tell the south, Don't keep my people in prison. Bring my sons and daughters to me from faraway places. Bring to me all the people who are mine, the people who have my name. I have made them for myself. I made them, and they are mine. Bring out the people who have eyes but are blind. Bring out the people who have ears but are deaf. All people and all nations should also be gathered together. Which of their gods said this would happen? Which of their gods would tell what happened in the beginning? They should bring their witnesses. The witnesses should speak the truth. This will show they are right. The Lord says, You people are my witnesses and the servant I chose. I chose you so that you would help people believe me. I chose you so that you would understand that I am He. I am the true God. There was no God before me, and there will be no God after me. I myself am the Lord, and there is no other Savior. I am the one who spoke to you, saved you, and told you those things. It was not some stranger who was with you. You are my witnesses, and I am your God. This is what the Lord Himself said. I have always been God. When I do something, no one can change what I have done, and no one can save people from my power. The Lord, the Holy One of Israel, saves you, and He says, I will send armies to Babylon for you, 
many people will be captured. Those Chaldeans will be taken away in their own boats. They are so proud of those boats. I am the Lord, your Holy One. I made Israel. I am your King. The Lord is making roads through the sea. He is making a path for His people, even through rough waters. The Lord says, Those who fight against me with their chariots, horses, and armies will be defeated. They will never rise again. They will be destroyed. They will be put out like the flame in a lamp. So don't remember what happened in earlier times. Don't think about what happened a long time ago, because I am doing something new. Now you will grow like a new plant. Surely you know this is true. I will even make a road in the desert, and rivers will flow through that dry land. The wild animals will thank me. The large animals and birds will honor me when I put water in the desert and make rivers flow through that dry land. I will do this to give water to my chosen people. I made them, and they will sing songs of praise to me. Jacob, you did not pray to me. Israel, you became tired of me. You have not brought your sheep as sacrifices to me. You have not honored me with your sacrifices. I did not force you to give gifts to me like slaves. I did not force you to burn incense until you became tired. So you did not use your money to buy things to honor me. But you did force me to be like your slave. You sinned until the bad things you did made me very tired. I, I am the one who wipes away all your sins. I do this to please myself. I will not remember your sins, but you should remember me. Let's meet together and decide what is right. Tell your story and prove that you're innocent. Your first father sinned, and your lawyers committed crimes against me. I will make your temple leaders unfit to serve there. I will destroy Jacob. Bad things will happen to Israel. Isaiah chapter 44 Jacob, you are my servant. Israel, I chose you. Listen to me. I am the Lord, and I made you. I am the one who created you. I have helped you since you were in your mother's womb. Jacob, my servant, don't be afraid. Jeshurun, I chose you. I will pour water for thirsty people, and streams will flow through the desert. I will pour my spirit on your children, and I will bless your family. They will sprout like grass in the spring, and grow like trees by streams of water. One man will call himself, I am the Lord's. Another will use the name, Jacob. Another man will sign his name as, The Lord's Hand. And another will use the name, Israel. The Lord is the King of Israel. The Lord All-Powerful is the one who will set Israel free. And He says, I am the only God. There are no other gods. I am the beginning and the end. There is no other God like Me. If there is, that God should speak now. Let Him lay out everything He has done since the time I made these ancient people. Let them show Me the signs He gave long ago that prove He knew what would happen in the future. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. I am the one who always told you what would happen. You are my proof. There is no other God. I am the only one. There is no other rock. I know I am the only one. Some people make idols, but they are worthless. They love their statues, which are useless. Those who serve as witnesses for these statues cannot even see. They don't know enough to be ashamed. Who made these false gods? Who covered these useless statues? Workers made them, and the workers are only human. If they all would come together before me, we could discuss this. Then they would all be ashamed and afraid. 
One worker uses his tools to heat iron over hot coals. Then he uses his hammer to beat the metal to shape it into a statue. He uses his own powerful arms, but when he gets hungry, he loses his strength. If he does not drink water, he becomes weak. Another worker uses his string line and compass to draw lines on the wood to show where he should cut. Then he uses his chisels and cuts a statue from the wood. He uses his calipers to measure the statue. In this way, the worker makes the wood look exactly like a man, and this statue of a man does nothing but sit in the house. To split the cedar tree, the worker took some oak or cypress wedges. To make sure he had plenty of wood, he planted some pines. But it was the rain that made them grow. When the man wanted a fire, he took some of the wood to keep him warm. He also used some of it to bake his bread. But then he used that same wood to make a statue to worship as a god. That god is only a statue that he made, but he bows down to it. He burns half of the wood in the fire, he uses the fire to cook his meat, and he eats the meat until he is full. He burns the wood to keep himself warm. He says, Good, now I'm warm, and I can see by the light of the fire. There's a little bit of the wood left, so he makes a statue and calls it a god. He bows down before it and worships it. He prays to it and says, You are my god, save me. People like that don't know what they're doing. They don't understand. It is as if they have mud in their eyes so they cannot see. Their minds cannot understand. They don't realize what they're doing. They aren't smart enough to think, I burned half of the wood in the fire. I used the hot coals to bake my bread and cook the meat I ate. And I used the wood that was left to make this terrible thing. I'm worshiping a block of wood. Someone like that is deceived. They don't know what they're doing. They cannot save themselves and they will not admit the statue I am holding is a lie. Jacob, remember these things. Israel, remember, you are my servant. I made you, and you are my servant. So Israel, don't forget me. Your sins were like a big cloud, but I wiped them all away. Your sins are gone, like a cloud that disappeared into thin air. I rescued and protected you. So come back to me. Skies, rejoice for what the Lord has done. Earth, Shout for joy down to your deepest parts. Start singing, you mountains, and all you trees in the forest. Yes, the Lord has saved Jacob. He has shown his glory by rescuing Israel. The one who rescued you is the Lord, the one who formed you in your mother's womb. He says, I, the Lord, made everything. I put the skies there myself. I spread out the earth before me. False prophets tell lies, but the Lord shows that their lies are false. He makes fools of those who do magic. He confuses even the wise. They think they know a lot, but He makes them look foolish. The Lord sends His servants to tell His messages to the people, and He makes those messages come true. He sends messengers to tell the people what they should do, and He proves that the advice is good. The Lord says to Jerusalem, People will live in you again. He says to the cities of Judah, You will be rebuilt. He says to them, I will repair your ruins. He tells the deep waters, Become dry. I will make your streams dry, too. He says to Cyrus, You are my shepherd. You will do what I want. You will say to Jerusalem, You will be rebuilt. You will tell the temple, Your foundations will be put in place. In Matthew 12:17, we're told that Isaiah 42 is about the Messiah. 
And after reading the chapter, I'm sure you're probably not surprised. As you probably know, the Old Testament is full of Messianic prophecies. The Jews for Jesus website lists 365 of them, and of those 365 prophecies, 132 are in the book of Isaiah alone. The vast majority of these prophecies were fulfilled during Jesus' first incarnation, and only a small handful remained to be fulfilled at His second coming. Looking forward to seeing those happen. In chapter 41, God, speaking through the prophet Isaiah, makes a point of asking how many prophecies the false gods and idols made and had been fulfilled. Of course, since they were only man-made, the answer is none. God has told mankind part of His plan in advance so that we would know that He is indeed God. Imagine the mathematical odds of just the messianic prophecies being fulfilled in the life of just one man. The odds are astronomically high, so high as to be impossible, unless the one in whom they're fulfilled was indeed the Messiah. I don't know about you, but I'm satisfied that Jesus is who He said He is. And if He is who He said He is, then every word He said must be true, because God is incapable of either being wrong or lying. If I had to pick just one thing He said that every person needs to understand, it would be this, from John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. There's no other way to God. Jesus is the one way. Think of it like this. There are millions upon millions of cell phones on the planet, right? Each one has its own phone number. Now, if you want to phone me, you can only call the number associated with my phone. If you misdial even one digit, you won't get me. It's the same with salvation. There are many purported paths to God, but only one way is the right way. It doesn't matter if you're a good person. It doesn't matter if your intentions are right. It doesn't even matter if you're sorry that you've wronged somebody. All that matters is that you have a relationship with Jesus. That's not me saying it. It's Jesus himself. He is the only way to the Father. Now, in chapter 44, verses 9 through 20, we saw just how silly it is for men to create a god out of a block of wood. I hope you agree. One of the things the fool in the passage does is to pray to the idol he created. You are my God. Save me, he says. We agree with Isaiah when he says, people like that don't know what they're doing. They just don't understand. That's true. But how do we know that a god carved from a block of wood is not God? Well, because it's a created thing, right? By definition, God is eternal. He is not created. God is omniscient, meaning He has all knowledge. He's omnipotent, which means He has all power. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. And there are other attributes that God has that a created thing does not. It's easy to see that a God made from a block of wood is not God. Somebody carved it. Somebody made it. It's not eternal. It can't save us. So, why do so many people look to politicians to save us? Why do people expect, say, a presidential candidate to save them? Every person who runs for office is a created being. They have none of the attributes of God, yet millions of people cry, Save us! They think that their candidate has the answers. Beloved, no politician has the answer. I don't care who he or she is. Don't expect salvation from any of them. Look only to God. Only He has the answer, and only He can save this fallen world from the troubles that it's in. Come to think of it, though, comparing politicians to blocks of wood is a good analogy, isn't it? (laughs) What are your thoughts?
I'd love to hear from you. Go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and leave a comment there, or send me an email at steve at lifespringmedia.com, or comment on the show notes page for this episode. I do want to hear from you. Tomorrow's reading is Matthew 20 through 22. And speaking of comments, boost! Kyle wrote an email in regards to last Sunday's show on Romans 13 and 14. He's the one, of course, that kind of prompted my comments on that reading. So in response to that show, he sent some more comments. He said, I just listened to the Romans 13, 14 show. Thank you for your thoughtful insights on my questions. You're welcome. Kyle says, here are my opinions and thoughts on biblical authority and the Constitution. To me, one can't talk about authority in America without talking about the Constitution, which is an authority to the authority and sets parameters on the human institutions in America. But it seems to me that the Constitution is not really talked about when Romans 13 is preached, or it's not talked about in commentaries. Well, Kyle, I see what you're thinking. And by the way, thank you for the email. Thank you for your comment. I see what you're saying, but I would consider the Constitution to be part of the authorities we're to obey. The problem we have today is that the people who are in positions of authority are not following the Constitution. If their mandates disagree with the Constitution, those mandates, those new laws, whatever you want to call them, they are also unconstitutional if they don't agree with the Constitution, right? Thus, they are illegal. Another word for unconstitutional is illegal. If we're able to hold on to our country, and there are questions about that today, if we're able to hold on, I believe these people will be held to account. Their mandates will be deemed unconstitutional and they'll be rolled back. They'll be invalidated. And I believe that those who are doing unconstitutional things, if we're able to hold on to our country, I believe that they are evil in the sight of God, because I believe our founding fathers, when they wrote that constitution, were supremely and uniquely uh, blessed by God and enabled by God to put that document together. It was based on belief in God. So when these people who are doing these unconstitutional things, when they command us to do unconstitutional or unbiblical things, we must not obey. However, I'm afraid these people are in their position so as to be used by God to bring judgment on America. And it pains me to say that. America has turned its back on God. When it was founded, it was blessed, like I said, because God was put first. Now he's been relegated to the very lowest rung on the ladder. So why should he continue to bless us? I pray for our nation, and I pray that we'll return to him and ask his forgiveness. Kyle, thank you for being there. Thanks again for your comments. Thank you for caring so deeply about following God's will and for loving our nation. Now also, you may remember that John sent a boostagram after listening to that episode, and he recommended that I get the book Resistance to Tyrants by Gordon Runyon. Well, just before turning on the mic, I checked my mailbox, and guess what came in today's mail? Yep, I now hold in my hands right this moment a copy of that book. And I haven't had time to read it, but I did scan the first couple of pages. And listen to this. This is, uh, this is the author saying, If it is in fact true that Romans 13, 1-7 teaches the people of God to offer unqualified obedience to tyrants, then that is what we must do. If the word tells us to submit to evil, we'll be found rebels for opposing it. However, the reverse holds as well. 
if Romans 13 actually teaches, contrary to most of our modern pulpits, that Jefferson got it right when he said, resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Well then, submitting to and serving those same tyrants would be an act of treason against the King of Kings. I think this is going to be a good book. I'm looking forward to finishing the book in the next day or so. It's only got 72 pages, so I'm looking forward to digging in. And again, John, thank you for the recommendation. This day in church history, October 22nd, 1697, Katharina von Schlegel, a German Lutheran sacred poet, was born. One of her poems was translated into English by Jane L. Borthwick and became the hymn, Be Still My Soul. I did an episode of Lifespring Hymn Stories on Be Still My Soul a few years ago. It was episode number 31. If you'd like to listen to that, I'll have a link to it on the show notes page for this episode. And on this date in church history, 1746, an evangelical group within the Presbyterian Church established the College of New Jersey in Elizabethtown, New Jersey. The school moved to Princeton in 1752 and in 1896 changed its name to Princeton University. I'll bet you didn't know that Princeton was founded by the Presbyterian Church, did you? Now, you've heard me talk about my book, Webb's Easy Bible Names Pronunciation Guide. I really want you to have a copy for yourself. And now, only for listeners of the LifeSpring Family Audio Bible, and only until midnight Pacific Time this coming Sunday, October 24th, 2021, I'm offering half price on the PDF and MP3 versions of the book. If you'd like to be able to read and pronounce any name in the Bible easily and confidently, I have never offered a lower price. Now, I can't do this for softcover, but I do want you to have the PDF or MP3 for half price. And by the way, when you go to the website, you will see that I have bundle prices available. Now, I can't offer 50% on those because there's already a discount on those bundles. But you can order as many as you like of the individual PDFs or MP3s. When you check out, to get the 50% off, use promo code PODCAST50. That's lowercase podcast and the digits 50, no spaces in there, podcast 50 when you check out. Just go to biblenames.link and make your selections. Thank you very much. Hey, Christy wrote a review on Podchaser. She gave me five stars. Thank you for that. And she said, Steve provides a wonderful podcast where we spend 15 to 30 minutes a day together reading a few chapters of the Bible. Then he shares a few comments on the reading. I look forward to that little notification each day that there's a new episode. It's really helped me to live in the Word and make time with God an essential part of my day. Start following along. I'm sure the Holy Spirit will use this podcast as a way to strengthen your Christian walk as it has mine. Kirsty, thank you very much. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you for those kind words. And if you haven't written a review yet, go to reviews.lifespringmedia.com and write something nice or, you know, I want you to be honest, but write a review. Reviews.lifespringmedia.com. Kirsty, thanks again. And by the way, you saw a picture of Kirsty and Ezra in the latest newsletter, if you're subscribed. You might remember that we celebrated his baptism and prayed for Ezra on the show. He was baptized on October 10th and Kirsty asked for prayer. In the newsletter, there's also a picture of Ezra being baptized by his dad. 
Now, if you'd like to get the weekly newsletter, and it, and it does only come weekly, it used to come every day uh, announcing new episodes. I'm not doing that anymore. But if you want to get the weekly newsletter, go to news.lifespringmedia.com and sign up there. I put the coming week's reading schedule in there and always something a little bit extra that you don't get on the podcast. News.lifespringmedia.com We don't have any prayer requests today, but if you go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com, you can leave your prayer request there. Comment on the show at comment.lifespringmedia.com. Email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment on the show notes page. And Boostagrams really are a great way to comment on the show. If you want to stream sats and send Boostagrams and your podcast app doesn't let you do that, get a better one at newpodcastapps.com. And you can participate in the value for value method of supporting the show with time, talent, or treasure by texting 182-921 to 1-855-575-7888 and making a donation to support this show that comes to you seven days a week. It certainly isn't free for me to create the show for you, and if it's something that you look forward to each day, it would be awesome if you would return a portion of that value to me to help with the cost of producing the show. I'm going to be frank with you here. I could really use your help right now. You can get more details at support.lifespringmedia.com. And it really doesn't matter how you give, but that you give. And when you do, you're helping to spread the good news to a world that needs it. And I know God will bless you. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thanks for being here. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. Bye.